Welcome to House of Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this past Sunday. For more information about other messages or events at House of Hope, visit www.ihope.today. Are you excited to be here? Sweet. You know, I was asking myself this morning, I was like, hey, how am I going to start this off? And I always start off by asking if you're excited to be here. Because we should be excited to come to church. You know, it's my highlight of the week, start of the week, end of the week, however you start your calendar. That's okay, there's no judgment. Um, no, I'm actually, I am, I'm, I'm nervous beyond no belief right now. I got a text message last night. Hey, do you want to speak tomorrow? Okay, the way I will pull my text up, but the way it went was I might need you. And then at 7, 7 o'clock, 7.09 via iPhone was, hey, man, are you good for the AM? I was like, what? Yeah, I guess so. So I, I found a message. I had to literally blow the dust off it. But you know what? As I was reading through it and everything that's been going on and just in the house and in my family and maybe some of yours, I think it's... I don't know, I think it's kind of applicable to what's going on. But before I get started, I just there's a couple testimonies I want to share that's been happening personally in our lives. Um, first off, we all know I went to school for my first year of plumbing and everything like that, and I passed successfully. Hallelujah. So it was so exciting to see the paperwork that said, you know, congratulations, you've met all the requirements. I was like, oh, thank you, God. I was really pumped about that because I was feeling quite discouraged about going after everything that's gone on and so on and so forth. And I was like, you know, I don't know if I want to go back. I was like, you know what? I should go back. So anyways, we got that licked. And um, I got talking to my boss and some people at work and said, you know, I'm really excited because now I get to make a little bit more money. You know, you go to school, you make some more money. Yeah, that's the whole point. And they said, well, you know, Dan, some guys I work with, they said, you know, they like to forget. Of course, not bashing employers. You like to forget about raises for some reason because it's, and it's an expense. And I get that, but I like when you don't forget about giving me a raise. So if you're an employer, no, just no pointing fingers, Brian. <laughs> don't forget. <laughs> That's okay, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be bold, and I'm going to go talk to my boss. And it was funny, because last Sunday, Nelson was supposed to put up uh, offering number two. And I, you know, you know me in church. I, I'm very quiet. I don't like to, you know, rock the boat too much or <laughs> give Jeff a hard time and et cetera, et cetera. And Gavin, uh, Nelson throws up offering number one. And I was like, you know, leave it on, Jeff. It's all about me right now. I really, and I went to Zach and I said, I just want to raise. That's why I want this declaration on. So we go through the declaration and I don't think any of us were really thinking, you know, it's just a typical Sunday morning house of hope. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go ask my boss. I'm going to say, hey man, can I get a raise? And just end it. I've never really asked for a raise. So it's, it's intimidating to go in and ask for mon- more money, right? Because you don't know, am I doing well? Am I really producing? Et cetera, et cetera. So it's really out of my comfort zone. Walk into the office and say, hey, man, quick question for you. 
you know, I went to school, I passed, et cetera, et cetera. Just wondering, can I get a raise? He says to me, he says, you know, Dan, some people think when you go to school, if you're, you automatically get one. I was like, well, yeah, that's what happens generally. Like, isn't that how it's supposed to go? He says, no, but if you suck, then you're not getting one. I'm like, whoa, okay. Like, <laughs> way to just call a spade a spade on that. He says, but I want to tell you something. I've already given you the raise before you even asked. I was like, what? It's like, yeah, you did. He said, but I want to tell you this. He says, the reason why is because we've been really impressed with how now you're starting to do things on your own. You're actually making us money. I was like, which in return makes me money. He's like, exactly. So it was just awesome to see that, um, you know, God had it planned before I even asked, before I even went into the office, and they didn't forget. And it's like, I've been told that a lot, is, oh, they'll forget, oh, they'll forget, they'll forget, they'll forget, they'll forget. But every time I've asked for something, they're like, oh, yeah, we already had that on the way. And lo and behold, it has been there. It has, they've held up there. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to the higher source, not to the source. So that's an encouragement for somebody out there. You know, like, these declarations really are important. Because we do have power in the words that we say. Another testimony I have is with Isaac. Um, I don't know if you've been in the kind of in the loop. We've been kind of keeping it quiet, so I'm sorry about that. But it's one that Ash and I have been trying to figure out what to do with Isaac. He's really been having a hard time since Mom's passed away and everything like that. It's gotten to the point that Isaac thinks that Ashley and I are just going to randomly die, and he's to the point that he's been sleeping in our room because he thinks in his five-year-old mind, which is totally understandable, that if he's with Mom and I, if he's with his mom and I and we're touching, that we'll all go together at the same time. So it's like, oh my goodness. So every night it's a fight. It's a fight to get him to bed. And we're like, God, what do we do? What do we do? Like, So we had him. We said, I know, let's, let's try counseling. Let's try this. And Isaac's an anxious person to begin with. Like he does, um, he's been doing swimming lessons. Dad, what's it going to be like? Well, you're probably going to go in the pool and learn how to swim. But what will happen? What do you think? What will they say if they see me? What if I can't do it? What if I can't? What if I... He's always planning for something. I'm like, hmm, sounds oddly familiar like me. He's always planning out the, the scenarios and the, how it's going to go. So we've asked people and we've said, what, what can we do? Like some people have said, try playing music. We said, okay, we tried playing music. That doesn't work. We've tried saying, you know, Jesus is in this room everywhere you go, but I don't feel brave. I don't feel like God's there. Or, Mom, you're just saying that because you want me to go to bed. It's like, oh. And we've had people say, well, explain that your mom was old. And we're like, yeah, but then he asks, why do babies die? Why do they? Like, the kid is too smart for his own good. It's like, Isaac, just accept this. So what we started doing, we said, Isaac, what do you want to listen to? You can laugh. That's fine. I like Toby Mac a lot. I think he's a phenomenal musician. He's got some great beats, and because he was in DC Talk. So, you know, he can't go wrong there. So I said, Isaac, do you want to listen to some Toby Mac? He said, yeah, sure, I'd love to listen to some Toby. Puts on Toby Mac, starts listening to the song, starts getting it, and he's like, okay, yeah, mm mm-hmm. Night after night after night, he's been singing the songs to himself, and he's been listening to it, and he's been taking what he's been saying. And now we've been talking to him. And I said, you know, Isaac, you can control what's happening in your dreams. He's like, what? So one night says to Ash, he's like, mom, I feel like I have butterflies in my stomach. She says, okay. 
so what do you want to do about this? He says, you know what? I'm going to spit them all out. So he spits out the butterflies, and he says, now I'm going to light them on fire. So now he just, he's like, no, they're all gone. Good night, Mom. And he's out like a light. Out like a light. Later on, him and Levi were playing a game, and Levi was pretending that he was struggling to sleep. And Isaac says to him, Levi, you don't need to be scared. Mom's here. Dad's here. I'm here. Jesus is here. Toby Mac is here. Like, you don't need to be afraid. And we're like, yes. He's starting to get it. Now he's starting to make it through the nights. He's coming into our room at about 4.35 o'clock now, which has been awesome. We took him to counseling to be like, are we going nuts? Like, is this a bad thing? Is this because, you know, we set up a nice cot for him at the side of our bed and it, And they said, you know what? You guys are doing everything right. They said, don't take away from how he's feeling, but don't encourage it. And we were like, what? We're doing something right? Okay, right on. She says, it sounds like you're allowing him to grieve and work out his emotions and how he feels. And I was like, that is awesome. So now we went swimming yesterday. And he's like, Dad, I want to show you what, because he was terrified about going underwater. Terrified. He's like, let me show you. All of a sudden, I see him poof, go under the water, and he's diving for rings. And I'm like, who is this kid? So proud of him, just to see the changes that he's been doing. All because of Toby Mac. I was like, yes. <laughs> and the fact that he's understanding now that he has power in his words, that he is powerful, that he's not the church of tomorrow, but he's the church of right now. And I, I, that frustrates me no, like to no end to hear people say, Sunday school, they're the church of tomorrow. No, they're the church of right now. Because they have the same Holy Spirit in them that we have. And that, when I would do youth ministry, I hate when they say, well, you're our next leader. So, no, they're leaders now. They are leaders. They can change the atmosphere. How many adults would go into a junior high school? Or a high school? It's like, well, no, I've, I'm done with that. That's over. No, those kids go in every day to try to be lights. To try to, to make a difference in their school. It's the same thing we do in the workplace. It may look different, but it's the same. The principle behind it is the same. Anyways, I'm going to get off that because I'll go on for days with that one. But this morning, I want to talk about Joshua and the big wall. I watch a lot of VeggieTales now. That is is now the story of my life. Thank you, April, for appreciating. Yeah, or, you know, then you got David in the giant pickle, and you're like... For some reason, I don't see it going like this, but especially at the end when, when the pickle falls and you're like, didn't David cut his head off? Hmm. I guess, they, I guess they're going to skip this part. Okay, whatever. And they walked around with it on a pole. I guess it'd be weird having a pickle on there. And... So I, I explained to the kids sometimes and I was like, what? They did that? I'm like, yeah, that's what they did to say that we're victorious and so on and so forth. So, but that's not what we're going to talk about talking about Joshua and the big wall. How many of you heard the story? Just quick, 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 quick. Who hasn't heard the story? Let's do it that way. Who's bold enough to say I haven't heard it? Really? Right on, Travis Dominic. I appreciate that. Thank you for your honesty. Give you a quick recap then. There's a big wall. You have to walk around it seven times. They yell, it falls. Pretty basic. Is that not the just of the story? It's the best battle plan you could ever come up with. Agreed not. Now, what's interesting about the story is 
Joshua now has taken place of Moses. And it's great because Joshua is, is a representation in the Old Testament of who Jesus is going to be and become. But now Joshua is now the leader of the children of Israel. And he's like, okay. He sees Jericho coming up on the distance. He says, now what are we going to do? Now remember, the Israelites, they're a fighting machine. War does not scare them. They, they have God on their side. They, every battle you've ever seen in the Old Testament, they've always walked away victorious. Yes, they've made dumb decisions, but who hasn't in our lives? So Joshua is asking himself, okay, God, what can I do? What can we do? We have our enemy in front of us. What can we do? So in Joshua 5, 13, when Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing before him with a drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua, being the warrior he was, went to him and said to him, Are you for us or are you for our adversaries? And he, and he said, No, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take off your sandals from your feet, for, place, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. And then Joshua 6, now verse 1. Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and no one came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I had given Jericho into your hands with its king and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all the men of, the, of war going around the city once. Thus shall do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram, horns before the ark. On the seventh day, you shall march around the this, this city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when, and when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpets, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the walls of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. So now Joshua's pumped about this plan, so he's like, I'm going to tell the rest of the troops about this. Could you imagine being a soldier and hearing this plan? Would you not be excited? You're going to walk around this city, you all right, Dad? <laughs> you're going to walk around the city, and then the last day, you're going to walk around it seven times. And then you're going to hear some trumpets and yell, and it's going to fall. Up to this point, there has been a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. But today, we're going to do something different. Because God said so. Come on, are you not excited about this plan? If you were a soldier, I wouldn't. This is the stupidest plan I've ever heard in my life. We're going to walk around the wall and we're going to yell at it? I can't even knock a chair over by yelling at it. Joshua, you're expecting for this to happen? Come on. You've been out in the desert way too long, buddy. I say we storm the walls, we repel up, we have Blackhawks come in, and we rope down into the city and decimate all who oppose us. That's a great plan. But no, you want us to walk around the city and then yell, and then that's it. It can only be God who's come up with this plan. I've never had a plan that has been given from God that has sound so easy. Come on, have you ever had a plan that's easy from God? Usually God likes to use the word wait. Ugh. 
wait for my timing is perfect. No, it's not. No, it's not perfect because I want it today. I wanted it yesterday, Lord. But this was a plan that involved wait. You know, I told the story of when we lived in Rocky. We, um, we built, were given this vision to build a youth center in Rocky Mountain House, about 45 minutes outside of Red Deer, if you've never been there. West towards, like you're heading towards Nordeg area, whatnot. And I was really excited about this plan. I was so pumped. And I remember presenting it to the senior pastor at the time, good friend of mine. And he said, you know what, Dan, I'm really excited about this plan. Really excited. So how are we going to do this? I was like, you know what, let's take out a loan. We'll take a loan out and we'll build it. And then there you go, build it and they will come, right? He's like, ah, yeah, okay, that's good. But we're really excited about this. So let's do this. So we had our, our AGM. Love those with all my heart. <laughs> we'll talk later on those. And um, I stand up, so, you know. First year, second year being youth pastor. Got this great plan. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to take out a loan. And a lot of people were excited about it. They loved the vision. They caught the vision. And they said, you know what? Let's definitely do this. We can build it and so on and so forth. One person stands up and says, I don't think I like the idea of taking out a loan. I remember looking at them and it was like the guy from um, X-Men with the lasers. I wanted to blow her up with my mind. Because it was, you're standing in the way of what God has given me. Because let's build this now. Sure, yeah, we will take out a loan, but you know what? God will fill that and so on and so forth. I remember hearing another story in the Bible where somebody said, oh yeah, I was promised this son, but you know what? I'll just go do my thing and uh, yeah, we'll have an Ishmael and just let that happen and God will work it out in the end, right? How many of you tried to help God out in a plan? I've helped God many times out. There's a lot of Ishmaels running around, metaphorically speaking. That's a joke. You can laugh. It's okay. But they said to me, you know what? I don't want to take out a loan. All of a sudden, the rest of the church rallied against this. I was like, no, this is a mob. This is a mob. So we said, okay, we're not going to take out a loan. So Dan, how much is it going to cost for this building fund? About 250 for it. Okay, so how are we, so how are we going to get that money, Dan? I wanted to take out a loan. None of you didn't. So I don't know. So how are you going to figure this out? A lot of bitterness kind of went with this, but it really challenged my faith. Because then the next day, as I was stewing about it and just so angry and frustrated, I just had this little thing in my heart say, just go across the street. There was an oil company that was just right across the street from our church. And I said, you know what? Sure. I'll go check them out and see what happens. I had no plans, I had no drawings, I had no one-year, ten-year, five-year, this is what we want to accomplish. You know, all those things that businesses like to see if they're going to give money into something. Is this going to be profitable? Are we going to be recognized? They all want recognition for some weird reason. But I said, okay, give a shot, see what happens. So I walk over. Hello, I'm the weirdo across the street, come to ask for some money from you. Oh, come on in! What? So I sit down, and they said, so tell us, what, what is it you want, are looking for money for? I said, well, we're planning on building a youth center to reach out into the community, et cetera, et cetera, so on and so forth. This is what we want to do. We want to take teens from broken homes, and we want them to be able to come in, have a safe place where they can hang out, not feel judged. We're not preaching at them. We're teaching at them. It's just a place for 
for uh, students to come and feel accepted. And they said, you know what? I like that idea. Here's $1,000. It's like, what? Do you care about my plant? No, my kid comes to your youth group and he says, you guys are pretty right on people, so here you go. Every place I went, they were like, here, 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 here. We raised the entire funds. We had a church of 89 people. 89 people. If we were, say, a church from Red Deer, they could take up two offerings. And they had the bill. They had, like, I've never heard of churches that have wings. Like, there's the youth wing, the children's wing, the adults wing, the semi-adults wing, the infant wing. You're like, holy wings, Batman. Like, this is nuts. Wings everywhere. And we had a building. That was our church, was the building. But it was an impossible dream and goal that God met. It's gotten to the point now that the provincial government is now recognizing it and was trying to figure out how they can put funds into the Rock Youth Drop-In Center in Rocky because they saw the impact that we were making. Uh, Red Deer got, the city of Red Deer got hooked in with it. Like it was just, it blew my mind to see what God did with a vision that was given to me on literally a women of prayer. There's another one was, like, there's so many of them. I remember growing up when dad was no longer working at Kaminko, and mom said, I got a great idea. I'm going to go back to school. Oh, that's smart. We have no income. So, and mom said, well, I'll apply for a student loan, see how that happens. Dad worked for Mama Kaminko. They looked at his paycheck, and they said, no, his final. And they said, no, you make too much money. We're not giving you a student loan. So it was like, she said, well, you know what? I just really feel this is what God's placing on my heart. So she went to school. We never once went to bed hungry. Our clothes never ran out. Our shoes never ran out. And we had one of the best Christmases we could have ever had. I remember mom and dad were saying, Dan, Tiff, this Christmas might be small, but you know what? We're together as a family. We said, that's okay. And it was a real amazing Christmas. We were all together as a family. Even to this day, mom and dad don't know how this happened, except for it was God that washed over us. You know, God's plans sound ridiculous. So the children take this idea and they said, okay, God, we're going to walk. We'll do this. They walk around the first day. They probably felt like idiots. I'm not going to lie. I would have, right? You're walking around. The Veggie Tales version is great because you got Jean-Claude and his other buddy yelling at them, dumping slurpees and slushes on them and whatnot, and just making fun of them. I get, there's probably that was going on. Because if you see this mighty army coming that you've heard across the land, okay, now they're just walking around the walls. So they keep walking, day one. Okay, well, that was fun. And it's like the weather we've been having, but hotter. Ugh, who wants to do that? Day two, they do it again. Again, more humiliation, more ridicule, more... There's probably doubt starting to come in, because it's like, I got my sword, but I can't use it. Third day, fourth, fifth, sixth. Finally, they get to do something. Seventh day, they do their seven times. And then the trumpet blasts, and then they yell. 
Could you imagine what would have happened when they saw the walls start splitting and cracking? My mind would have been blown to see that happen. When we were raising the funds for, the, for our youth center, it was a, it was a battle. Because we would, there was one grant that I went for, and we got approved for it. But it made a lot of people upset. So I said, you know what, okay. So I, I emailed them back, and I said, you know what, thank you so much for accepting us. But we're going to have to turn down the money. And they said, you know, we're really sorry, but we understand you guys have to do this, so on and so forth. And I said, you know what, it's so stupid. I didn't agree with it. We were getting, they were, we were sitting at about 89000 and they said they were going to match us. And it was because of a particular group. It was the Lotto and Tobacco Fund in Alberta. And some people were upset about it. And I said, you know what? I'm not upset about it. Let's plunder the Egyptians. Hallelujah. <laughs> what? Come on now. Let's plunder the Egyptians. And it's funny because now I look back on it and I laugh. And I'm like, oh, Dan, you're so foolish. <laughs> but at the time, I was furious. Because I'm like, this is... I was looking at the dollar amount and not what God's going to do. So I laid that aside. I laid what I wanted aside and I said, okay. And you know what? God doubled what it was we would have gotten. And it's like, God, what are you doing here? Like again, at work. Oh, Dan, I've already given you this. I already talked to our financial lady and it'll be on this next check your raise. God, what are you doing? Like, it's really hard right now. It is so hard. But God has a plan for all of us. And I remember Kathleen one time said, there's dreams and visions that you have that you've put on the back burner. Why did you put them on the back? Are they too hard? That's awesome if they're hard. Do they feel impossible? That's even better. Because if it's possible for man, why would God want, why would God want to take part in that? It says in Corinthians here that in 1 Corinthians, oh, this is great when you have an old message. Uh, chapter 1, verse 27. Paul says to the church in Corinth, he says, But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God, I'm not strong enough to do it. Good, that's why I'm calling you. I didn't graduate grade 12. I dropped out. Like my grade 12 year, that's smart. Brian and I were talking about it a while ago. You need a grade 12 just to push a broom nowadays because they want to know that you're not a quitter. I was a quitter. I'm okay to say that. But you know who else didn't make it? Jesus didn't make it. In their tradition, every boy had to go through Pharisaical training. If they didn't, they took up their father's trade. What was Jesus? Was he a Pharisee? Come on, well, you can talk to me politely back. He was a carpenter. And who else in his family was a carpenter? So let me ask you this. Did he pass school? No, he didn't. He was a carpenter. But then as he grew and as he matured and as people started seeing who he is, they called him teacher. As soon as he walked down on the beach shore, he was teacher. Yeah. Yeah, but, but we're looking at it from the physical man side. Like, yeah, you want to pull the trump card on that? Sure, whatever, yeah. <laughs> Come on. 
Way to pay attention, though, Josh. I appreciate that. So he did follow. He did take up both his father's trade. Okay, there, fine. Let's say that. But that's the thing. God takes the things that people look as outcasts, ridiculous, foolish, weak. You're never going to do this. You're never going to be able because you don't, Dan. You don't have your grade twelve. You can't do this. Guess what? I'm a second year plumber. I walked into M and K and I said, "Hey, I'm looking for a job." Generally, that doesn't happen in the trade industry. You don't, it's hard to walk in and just say, I want a job. My, my brother-in-law is a master electrician. He said to me, Dan, it's really tough for, them to, for people to just pull a guy off the street and say, here you go, here's a job. So, okay, well, let's give it a shot. Walked in, said, hey, that afternoon I got a call. We want to hire you. <clears throat> yes! Thank you, Lord! Is it impossible? For man, it is. If it's possible for man, you're not dreaming big enough. If it's impossible for us, now you're dreaming. I have dreams coming out my dreams that are so big, I don't even know if my kids would be able to continue it on. But you know what? That's the beautiful thing about serving such a big God. Yes, his plans sound ridiculous and... There's a lot of weight, but his timing is really perfect. Like we chased a ministry when we went back to Alberta. Didn't work out. You know what? That's okay. But Ash and I got to find out where we were at in, in our relationship, and we came out stronger because of it. Ash and I always said that we'd rather take a, we would rather take a step for God and fail rather than not taking a step at all. With God, I don't want to live in the what if I was to have done this. I am terrified of flying. It doesn't help that mom and dad watch Mayday. <laughs> and my thing with that show was, if plane crashes are so rare, how come there's eight, episodes, eight seasons of this show? <laughs> there's more than that? Oh my goodness, I'm not doing this. Like, oh my goodness, there's new ones? Oh, see, this is a fear. Because I always believe if God wanted us to fly, he would have given us wings. Am I right? And then you got some people, well, the Lord hasn't given you a spirit of fear. I'm like, yeah, but he's given me also a spirit of common sense. And I know what goes up will have to come down. But it's really been burning on my heart to go into to do a missions trip. Which, I told Ash this, and she was like, are you kidding me? Like, just in North America? Like, you're going to take a bus down? I'm like, no, I want to fly somewhere. She's like, I got to sit. Is this the same husband I married that is so dead against flying? And I'm like, no, I really want to. I, I want to take the message to the nations. Because God is bigger than a plane. And you know, one of my buddies said to me, he said, Dan, you shouldn't be afraid of flying. I'm like, well, okay, why not? He says, because one, God's with us, and, we're not gonna, and it's not going to happen. I said, okay, cool, whatever. He says, but two, it's such a great witnessing tool. I said, what do you mean? He says, because if that thing does crack, go start going down, that's when you start ministering to people. It's like, what? He's like, who needs Jesus as this plane's going down? Because you're going to meet him in about 10 minutes. Lift your hand. I see that hand back there, brother. I see that hand. I see that. It's like, it's the best roller coaster ride of your life. I'm like, I hate roller coasters. It's like, you're going, ah, poof. Oh, I'm in glory. Wow, that was awesome. I'm like, I really hope I do not ever go on a missions trip with you. 
I really hope I don't. It's like, come on, it'd be really fun. We could do one together to China. I'm like, I'm not going to China. I was thinking like, I don't know, like, I don't know, let's do what everybody else is doing. Go to Haiti once in a while, you know, let's try something small. And then I'll go to, you know, the churches in China. He's like, go big or go home. I'm like, what way are we talking about going home here? Like, back to Cranbrook or back to see? He's like, hmm, good point. He's a great guy. Awesome guy. Crazy. But, um... The things that he's seen God do, it's just been unreal. Like talking with Danny about stuff, it's just, makes me want to go. Makes me want to do stuff. So I'm excited that the camp got to come up and it said, you need a passport to go. I remember talking to Jeff about, oh, if I don't get a passport, God's not going to call me to uh, go into the missions field. So, ha ha, take that, God. And Jeff said something that I won't repeat in these hello walls. <laughs> <laughs> but I got a passport now, and um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what God's going to do. So, no, not yet. Isaac got his, which is weird. And then they called and asked if I was living at this residence. I was like, yeah, my son was there, so I hope I was there. But anyways, but my, my question this morning is this. What are some of the dreams, plans, that God's given you. We hear it, we've been hearing it a lot at House of Hope, which generally when you hear something repetitively means A, you didn't get it the first time, or B, it's something you need to act on because you didn't get it the first time. You like, you like that? I hate that. Because there's dreams that I've put to the side because, well, it's never going to happen. It won't happen. Meh. Nah, that's not, no. I'm just going to. The excuses are over. We can't keep dodging God like this. Like, I just think about it with, with the guys getting baptized today. Like, I'm excited for that. Because it was, why did I do that? Why did I make that declaration? Because I wanted to say yes to God. I wanted the old man to go and the new man to come. And I said yes to God. Do I want to keep warming a pew up and say, what if? What if I would have done this? How would have my life turned out? I don't know. I can't speak for all of us as much as I would like to. But the dreams you have that God has birthed in your heart aren't stupid, they're not ridiculous. You can accomplish it because God is with you. He never once left the, the children on their own and said, best of luck, have fun. He never once left Ash and I. He's never once left Jeff and Deanne. Like, what a blessing with that house. Like, and that's a testimony that we've heard, that we've, we've had privilege of walking with, which has been awesome. The best day I felt for me was helping them move in. I know it's moving, but it was awesome to help because I got to see and actually touch a promise come through. Like, come on. The best thing I've ever gotten to do with that alongside this was when we got to put up the walls at this drop-in center, I got to put my hand on the wall. It wasn't just me looking out in this parking lot and being like, yeah, yeah. But I got to put my hand 
on the wall. I got to turn the door and walk through it. There's something about that feeling that is just unexplainable. Is it going to be frustrating? Are we going to get frustrated with God? He knows we will. It, because it didn't happen yesterday and it doesn't happen today. But God knows it's going to happen. And do we trust our Father? He's a good, good Father, Raj sang about it this morning. He is a good, good Father. And I always hold on to that because I always look at it like when he says, what good father would give their child a a serpent for a gift? That's the Dan Meldrum translation. It's in the Bible. You can look it up. But why would God do that? If he calls himself a good, good father, why would he do that? Your dreams, your visions, your plans are so important to him. When Isaac tells me something of a plan, I don't, no matter how ridiculous it is, I'm proud that he thought of it. And it's, okay, son, how are we going to try to do this? I'm there for him. I want to walk with him. I'm not God. I'm, an, I'm imperfect. What is a perfect father like? That's just a question I always ask myself. So, you know what's awesome about this too? (laughs) I totally rewrote this. I got five pages and I didn't even, I think I touched maybe two pages. Yeah. But that's the question. What vision, what dream do you have that we've heard countless times? that you've buried, you've locked away, you've kept quiet. Maybe today's the day that we reignite those. You know, and I appreciate like a while ago, Kathleen, when you said that, it was awesome. And now I'm hearing it again is, we can't let them die. We can't let them just fizz out. Because that's not who we are. We are God's children. We are warriors. We, we never give up. He never gives up on us, so why do we give up on him? We should never give up on him. God is for us. Who can be against? We've heard it all. We have power in our words. Let's take that and let's mean it. Or let's all listen to Toby Mac, because that's what's happening. He's with us too, I guess. But in all seriousness, your dreams matter. Your visions matter. Your life, everything you have matters to the Father. It's not something that, well, they're there. It means so much. It's not a drop in the bucket. You're worth it. So worth it. So that's my story. Sticking to it. So let's stand. I just want to pray for you guys. I just love you all so much. Even you online. Hmm. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for today. I thank you that... You're, you're not finished with us, Father. God, that there's so much that you want to show us. God, I pray that this morning, God, that you'll just open our hearts back to those dreams and those visions that we have, God. God, I want to lift up House of Hope as, a, as an entirety, God. You know the situation that we're in right now with, with lease and renting and so on and so forth. God, it's, it might terrify us and scare us in some areas, but God, it doesn't scare you. God, you have a plan for for us as a church, as a family, and individually, God. God, and you're excited to see us walk those through. 
God, you're excited to see the end result because what you have for us is so good, God. God, and I thank you for this fam jam here. They're such an amazing group, God. I'm so blessed and so honored to be locking arms with each and every one of them. God, and I thank you that we are truly a nightmare to the devil. God, I always laugh about that and think it's such a stupid saying, but God, I want to be that. I want to continue to say yes to you, God. I want to continue taking that step, God. God, and, and as Ash and I always say, I'd rather take a step for you and fail than never take a step at all. God, so may you continue to guide our steps. May we take those steps of boldness and of, and of courageousness, if that's even a word it can be today. But God, I just thank you for who you are, and I thank you that you've given us the power to change the atmosphere everywhere we go and to change the circumstances and to speak healing and to speak freshness and to speak wholeness into the lost, God. So God, may we speak life, and I thank you that you're with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our Sermon of the Week. Our desire is that you will be changed by the love of the Father and the power of his presence. For more information about House of Hope, visit us at www.ihope.today.